last week, I heaved myself out of bed and made the great rare effort of going running. And while I was running, I decided to listen to the Glee playlist because who doesn't love a good Glee jam out sesh? It was all well and good and I was casually running along trying not to die from exhaustion when Glee's cover of the song What Doesn't Kill You Make You Stronger by Kelly Clarkson came on the playlist. At first, I was quite pleased and joined along singing, you know, What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, stand a little taller, etc. But then I started thinking, Are those lyrics true? Do I agree with the message of the song that the hardship one goes through only makes them stronger in the long term? I've been thinking about that a lot and I've come to the conclusion that in reality I don't think hardships do necessarily make you stronger as a person. Obviously it depends on the circumstance but while it's all well and good to say that going through hard times makes you come out the other end a more feisty person, I don't think this hopeful message is always the case. Well, that was a rather pessimistic note to end your anecdote there, and I'd just like to say I'm quite impressed that A, you weren't running, but B, you also seem to have very coherent, deep thoughts while you're running and trying not to die from exhaustion. But I think you're on a really interesting point there because yes, life throws so many challenges and obstacles at us and clearly people who both listen to songs and write songs really do like to hear about how people are better off to challenges because it is quite depressing to think that challenges make us worse people when there are just so many of them all the time. That's true. And Yasmin, you used a very interesting word just there, can I point out? You said the word challenge, and it is uh, funny you should mention that, Yasmin, because that just so happens to be the topic of this week's episode. Simply said, it's all about challenges. So I guess we should discuss in more depth if we think, you know, challenges improve us as people beyond the scope of Kelly Clarkson songs. What do you think, Groups? Yeah, those are definitely some really interesting questions to think about. And I would say, yes, challenges indisputably do shape you as a person. Of course they do. But no, they don't necessarily improve your character. You know, as I was talking about earlier with the Kelly Clarkson song, I don't think this idea that challenges will make you stronger is always true. That being said, if you face zero challenges in life, it's not likely that you'll be particularly resilient either. You know, for example, the girl Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl has always had everything go her way. She's gotten the ponies she wanted to buy, the new pink fur coat. And that means that when someone eventually denies her what she wants, or rather challenges her in some way, she doesn't know how to deal with it and suffers a pretty nasty end. In her case, she's, a tra- she's attacked by squirrels. So that's a pretty extreme example of how without any challenges, you'll probably lack strength of character. But as I was saying earlier, I think challenges can often shape people negatively. And in particular, they have the potential to really harden people. For instance, if someone's parents got a messy divorce, when they were at a relatively young age and one of their parents left them for the other parent to take care of. That might cause you to have trouble trusting people and you might be a much more serious person because of it who has trouble opening up to people and letting them in. Or maybe if you're someone who, I don't know, 
has a sibling or identical twin who outperforms you in most aspects and that poses as a big challenge for you. Perhaps your self-esteem issues could make you less easy to get along with. I know sometimes when people struggle from self-esteem they take it out on others. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that Often facing many challenges in life might actually shape you by making you a more difficult person to be around. And then of course, if we look at the internal effects of challenges, certain challenges may cause you to have negative thought spirals which affect your happiness and ability to enjoy life to the fullest. So I definitely wouldn't say that challenges will always improve your character in the long run. Although I definitely think challenges shape who you are, I see challenges as more of a way in that they kind of reveal the personality and inner values that you already had, which is why I think different people respond in such contrasting ways to the same challenges. And I think it's wrong to say that facing multiple challenges will make you go into a destructive mental loop or scar you forever, because yes, challenges are hard, so they will leave their mark on you, but just as much as there's a possibility of you giving up at each challenge and feeling awful, there is also a way which you can choose to respond to the challenge by, you know, facing it head on and not giving up and being persistent. And by the end of it, you've become a more resilient, more content person. And that's the beauty of challenges because at the end of the day, you yourself can choose how you respond to it. Because a lot of the time you might not be able to change the challenge itself, but by choosing your way of responding to it, you can choose how it shapes you. And actually about the whole too many challenges can make you a more difficult person to be around. I disagree. Like I said, I don't think the number of challenges you face matter, but rather how you respond to these challenges. In fact, like with Veruca Salt, I think if you were a person who theoretically has never faced a challenge, you'd be a lot more of a difficult person to be around because A, no one will really be able to relate to you, and B, in turn, you'll probably find it really hard to empathize with other people. Yasmin, we've been talking a lot about challenges that someone might face on a personal level but I was curious whether there are any challenges that you think an entire say generation might face collectively. So as a young person what do you think is the most challenging thing about growing up in this generation? Although in a lot of ways I think I'm quite lucky to be living in modern times and I'll touch on more why I think this later but I think the main problem our generation face is that We are so aware, or we have to be aware, of what's happening around us and what other people are doing at all times thanks to technology. And I mean this both in a personal sense in that we're aware of what our friends are doing at all times because they'll post things and that's a good thing because I care about my friends and I would like to know what they're doing. But at the same time, it can you can feel compelled to do that with yourself even though you don't feel like it, you can feel overwhelmed by how perfect other people's lives look and you can feel behind if you're not constantly on top of what this person is doing at this moment and it can be quite a hassle I guess to stay on top of these things and not just in a personal way but also in the sense of news. Technology is great because I can find out all the news about different things which I never would have even thought to look up by myself and I can find causes that I'm really passionate for that I wouldn't have been aware of if it was a newspaper 60 years ago. But at the same time, with this, it comes misinformation, there comes disinformation. And again, this feeling of being overwhelmed, not in terms of, oh my gosh, there's so much negative news, which on its own could definitely overwhelm a lot of people, but in terms of updates are so instantaneous, you know, if something happens, there's probably going to be something online in the next 
30 seconds or so that as someone who likes to stay on top of the news and wants to have discussions about these things, I need to make sure and be careful that I'm not talking about something that's already outdated information. Along with the whole, is this even true? Am I being misinformed? Is this disinformation? And there's just so much to think about. And I think that all in all makes it probably challenging to be a person of today because you have no excuse for not knowing these things anymore, you know? Yeah, I would definitely agree that with technology and news about the world constantly swimming and swirling around us, it can be really hard to just take a deep breath and forget briefly about the rest of the world and take care of yourself. So I guess I'd agree. But the challenging thing about growing up in our generation for me is not just the fact that there's so much horrible news that you can't get away from and the fact that this news exists, but with everyone's head in a million places at once, I feel the real challenge is learning how to step back and focus on yourself. I think it's becoming harder and harder for people to focus on the little things in life on a more individual level without getting caught up again in what everyone else is doing. And that's where the challenge lies for this generation, in my opinion. But as well as this, I'd say one of the most challenging things about growing up in our generation is that there seems to be a lot of pressure to undo the mistakes of the previous generations and effectively fix the world. I think while knowing that we have this responsibility can also be quite exciting and inspiring, um, it's quite daunting looking at the world we're advancing into and all its problems. And it's also quite challenging to come to terms with the fact that the responsibility is on us to fix it. As a side note as well, I just like to say that I don't think adults should say things like, it's up to your generation to make things right. My, my parents say that a lot, and even politicians often say those things. But I would argue, you know what? No, it's up to everyone, old and young, to fix the problems with the world. And you shouldn't just deflect these issues onto the next generation. But you, as adults, should also make a real effort to mend the world just as much as we youths should. I think I broadly agree with you, but I, I'd like to note that, honestly, I think probably every single generation before us has probably been told at some point, you know, you guys are the future, you're going to change the world for the better, you guys are going to fix the mistakes. Especially, I'm assuming, after like things like World War II, the children probably had a lot of pressure to be the peacemakers of the world so nothing goes wrong again. So I think that's something that's universal to every single generation when they're young. So groups, we've been talking a lot about hard times that we all face, but do you think that there's ever a time in life which is, you know, challenge-free and we can live life without a care in the world? I think... When people think of parts of life where you have no problems, they often think of being a young child. You know, this image comes to mind of a couple of five-year-olds frolicking in the sand in a playground and laughing happily, oblivious to all the problems with the world. But at least from what I can remember of life as a seven-year-old and before that, even that time in life is not challenge-free. Yes, the challenges you're going through might not seem particularly serious to an outside perspective, but I'd argue that when you're that young, you've not yet learned how to properly deal with challenges, and therefore every upset, every little friendship struggle, feels like it's the biggest challenge in the world, 
and rocks your boat much more than it would if you faced the same challenge 10 years later. For instance, I remember that I used to get so incredibly upset and it had the potential to ruin my entire day if someone said to my friend that their painting of a Tudor ship was better than mine, or if my arch enemy beat me on a times table test. I think that's an example which indicates how, even though the youthful period in life may seem like it's challenge-free from the outside, in reality it's not, because even the smallest hardship at that age can be easily blown out of proportion, because you haven't learnt yet how to deal with the challenges that you do face. Yeah, I think saying that children don't have challenges is just blatantly untrue. I mean, a lot of children have it really badly. Like, my very mild challenge as a child was that I had to change primary schools full times, and that's still pretty tame on the list of bad things that children can go through at young ages, you know? Which definitely makes me think that there is no time in life where you can be challenge-free and not worry about anything. And a lot of the time when I think people mention times and lives where it was less challenging, I hear often this talk of going back to the good old days. And maybe it's because I'm young and I don't understand, but when exactly were these good old days? Because I know a lot of people like, oh, technology has ruined our lives, you know? But when I hear the word good old days, I, I hear... Oh, back when there was more sexism, back when there was more racism. I think it's privileged to say that you want to live in the good old days because so many people would have just been more oppressed, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And even though obviously there is still racism, sexism, homophobia, all the bad stuff in the world today, it was a lot more prominent in these said good old days, you know? Yeah, I think you make some good points. And I think it's also important to raise that there are different types of challenges and that what may seem like a very easy challenge free life on paper may have its whole set of own challenges that you wouldn't know about from just reading through all the events in one's life. Obviously, things like divorce and death and poverty are some types of hardships which make someone's life difficult, but I think it's important to note that actually many challenges come from within. It sounds a bit cliche to say, but often one's biggest barrier is their self. I think I need to remember this more as well. Sometimes I find myself wanting to be like someone else or to an extent wanting to have someone else's life. But I think what I sometimes don't realise is that so much of their life no one sees but themselves because so much of what makes someone's life hard are the thoughts they have. Whether that be a feeling of competitiveness or feeling threatened by others or a negative thought process etc. And that you should always think twice before saying someone has such a great life because you have no idea what sorts of challenges they're facing on the inside. And I think the same goes here. Uh, You know, some people do have harder lives than others, that's for sure. But in general, I think comparing whose life is more challenging is just not possible because challenges show themselves to people in such different ways. And if the challenge comes from the way someone thinks that's not really comparable to a more circumstantial challenge. When we did our episode on nature versus nurture, for instance, we talked about how we thought it was pointless to compare between two people because everyone has their own unique set of experiences and troubles and joys, etc. that trying to weigh up two people against each other 
is so difficult. Yasmin, we talked earlier about the challenges with growing up in our generation. And you mentioned that young people in the past faced a similar sort of challenge of having to fix the problems of the generations before them. In your opinion, is living in the present more or less challenging than living in the past? So I definitely think for me, living in the past would have been a lot more challenging. And obviously the practical first world stuff of technology not being as advanced, but not just technology, but things like healthcare, you know, I would I have lived past the age of four because of in child mortality rates? Maybe not. So yes, I definitely think living in the past was a lot more challenging, but also in terms of who I am. Okay, so this goes back to the good old days things, but there are just simply parts of my identity, which means that yes, I would definitely like to live in the modern times. So I'm half Japanese, half English, meaning A, I probably wouldn't have existed past 200 years ago because Japan was a closed country and there really weren't the English people. But even say mixed race people were abundant, you know, half Japanese people were everywhere at the time. I very much don't want to have lived in those times where there was so much racism, where colonialism was still acceptable, where up until the late 1950s and 60s, mixed race children, especially children of black people, were treated as science experiments and not seen as human. Would I have liked to live in those times? Of course not. And that's not to diminish the fact that racism still exists to this day and that there still is so much work we need to do. But I just, when people ask me, oh, wouldn't you have loved to live in those times? A, I wouldn't have existed. And B, even if I did, no, I would not have. I would have had a terrible time there. And this isn't even mentioning the other huge part of my identity, which is that I'm a woman, you know? <laughs> I think people forget how recently some things which we take for granted now, like women having the vote, actually happened. Yeah, I think we as two young feminists would not be able to compare the challenges of the past and present without mentioning how the opportunities facing women have changed. You know, 100 years ago, the suffragettes were breaking windows and going on hunger strikes and blowing up mailboxes just so that we could have the rights that we do today. And so I think this is a really nice way of ending an episode about challenges in talking about how, yes, our world and us as individuals face many challenges and inequality and hardships along the way. But ultimately, it is possible to overcome these challenges as seen with women overcoming the notions that they were less competent than men. And I think this goes not just for challenges to society, but also individual challenges that you make for yourself by having a negative or underconfident thought process. Coming back to what I said earlier about how sometimes you are your greatest barrier, if I can instill anything in you as a leaving note for this episode, it's that many challenges are capable of being overcome if you want to overcome it badly enough. You know, obviously there are quite a lot of challenges which are outside of your control. But the important thing here, I think, is will. That That's the word that's coming to mind. If you have enough will and grit and faith as well that the challenge can be defeated, then you're already one step closer to resolving it. I did not intend for this to turn into an inspirational speech but there we go. Inspirational words from Ali. Yay! <laughs> Great words of inspiration groups. But I'd also like to add that it's completely fine to feel overwhelmed by challenges. 
Because if they were easy to overcome, would they be cool challenges? No, they would be called easing drinks or whatever, right? And I also want to say that I think it's good to be hopeful and optimistic for the future, because when you're pessimistic, you might not even try, and that's when nothing's going to change, and that's when you don't overcome your challenges, you know? Things that are set in stone, which seem to be set in stone, like Group said, can be overcome with grit and willpower. You know, suffragettes did it 100 years ago, rioters after Martin Luther King's assassination did it 50 years ago. So when looking at the world today at the Black Lives Matter protests, I know if we continue to raise awareness and protest and be proactive, things will change for the better. So I guess I sound like a school teacher when I say that resilience and being persistent is probably one of the most important things that you can be when trying to overcome a challenge. So in slightly unrelated news, but not really because you're listening to this podcast, we now have an Instagram as well as a Twitter account, at Scandalous Takes, where we don't really post that many Scandalous Takes, but you'll get quality behind the scenes content as well as bad Twitter jokes, which I find funny, but most people probably don't. It's still a good time though, so I highly recommend you follow both. Yeah, I really like this hopeful tone that we're ending the episode with, one of resilience and optimism. And I think in keeping with that, I'd like to reference the beginning of the episode when I said that on my run, I was trying not to die of exhaustion. And so I'd like to urge our listeners to have a happy, lovely day after listening to this episode and maybe to go for a run too. But instead, unlike me, you can be positive and think, I will get over this challenge. I will run fast. And hopefully, almost by magic, you shall run faster. All right, Yasmin, let's finish this. Over and out.